Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Had to take a quick halftime break to tell y'all a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast, so let me explain. It is absolutely free, and they give you the creation tools that you need that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast right away with no minimum on listenership and is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app like I did or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now back to the second half of the episode. What's up, Redskins Nation? This is Josh Taylor. And Parker Hamlet. And you're listening to the Burgundy Breakdown Podcast. What's up, Redskins Nation? This is Josh Taylor with Parker Hamlet on the Burgundy Breakdown Podcast. And we have a good one for y'all today. This is the Patriots postgame slash life after Gruden slash Jace Key don't work, whatever you want to call it. But we've got a lot of great content to bring to y'all, so we're going to go ahead and dive on in. First thing first, Patriots game breakdown. A game we didn't have much hope going into. I mean, Parker, did you have any hope on this one? I would say that going into Sunday, it almost like it's almost like we had a bye week. Like it was completely predetermined in my mind. I didn't think we had a, you know, contrary to how the first half went, I didn't think we had a a chance of winning this game. Yeah. I mean, this New England team has come out historically great, undefeated. The defense is just playing lights out. They got returning players like Jamie Collins, just and Dante Hightower. You know, one of your guys. You know, he's yep. been stout since day one. So I mean, this has been one of the best Patriots teams in recent memory. And for them to come to FedEx when we're already zero and four, I mean, I don't, I don't think even Vegas even remotely liked the odds of us winning this one. So, like you said, it was pretty much predetermined. Yeah, I think it finished like the line was. There were sixteen and a half point favorites, and honestly, I. I almost bet every single dollar I had on that because in my mind, I was like, there's no way we keep this within 17 points. No, and the first half, honestly, was just the equivalent of fool's gold to that. I mean, I, I was watching it live at uh, work or just caught a glimpse of it at work, and when I was, um, everybody around me was just kind of losing their mind, and I was like, well, you know, this is, <laughs> this is a Jay Gruden coached Redskins team, and uh, those teams never play a good second half. I, was kinda, I knew we were going to do it eventually. It was just a matter of when. Yeah, we haven't played a good second half yet this season, so. No, yeah, exactly. Um, but like I said, I you know I caught a little bit of it. I was actually in D.C. this weekend, but I tried to watch it, as much of it as possible. But, um, like you said, just coming out, starting the game, um, this is the best Patriots defense I can remember, honestly. I mean, since, it's, like, not, it's not even close. It's like maybe the Brewski days. I mean, yeah, it's really Brewski well compared sure. to. Junior Seau, Todd Law, all those. Um, but leading – Leading the uh, league in sacks, that's the last thing you want to hear with Colt McCoy getting the start. Um, what was your exact, like, your first reactions as Colt getting started? Well, I honestly was – I was on our page and my own personal page just honestly laughing about it because I would have never thought that it would actually be something that they would even remotely entertain the thought of with Case's foot being hurt and Dwayne getting reps in the loss against the Giants last week. So, honestly, I to me, as crazy as it sounds, it was comical. I mean – 
And, and then not only that, but just the build up to the game this week was just a roller coaster. You know, yeah. you had you had Stephen A. Smith talking about how uh, he had already heard from a couple sources that uh, if Jay lost his job, I mean, if Jay, they lost this weekend, that uh, Jay's job security was non-existent. You had you had a video of Jay Gruden supposedly cheating on his wife, leaking uh, skins, refusing to comment on that. <laughs> Um, and you have Jay Gruden himself in the presser leading up the game saying he has no plan. So yeah. I, if we're going to talk about things being predetermined other than the Patriots winning this game, we also need to discuss that Jay Gruden knew this was his last game. He was well aware. I mean, he, he was at peace with it. I mean, he was complete. He knew what was going to happen. He knew how it was going to happen. So he decided to do it on his own terms by starting Colts. So yeah. as much as I want to say it was comical, it's not. I wouldn't say I didn't expect it. That's for sure. Yeah, no, he wanted to take the ship with his captain, and that was Colt, and he just wanted to ride it out into the sunset as the last game together. Kind of romantic. But, no, I thought this was (laughs) like throwing a fish out into the ocean with some hungry sharks with uh, Colt McCoy. And, like I said, just the uh, the Patriots' defense, man, it just wasn't, to me, the ideal game for anyone playing at quarterback, let alone Colt McCoy on crutches, basically. So, (laughs) So, starting out the game, Getting a little bit of the breakdown, then we have a lot of uh, exciting stuff to talk to. Obviously, things that we've been discussing the last few weeks that we've been predicting, and I hate to say that we were right, but uh, I think we were pretty spot on. Um, but anyways, going to the breakdown of the game, starting out, um, one thing I noticed is the Patriots had a heavy dose of just Tom Brady throwing the ball, and honestly, against our defense, I'd say it's a good game. Oh, my goodness, man. They were just exploiting us so bad. They had James White and Sonny Michelle lined up. They were running, like, a lot of five wide receiver sweat, uh, sets where he was just just completely surgically just tearing us apart. I mean, you know, and, and I will say that early on, the Redskins looked like they had a fighting chance. I mean, Paul Richardson, you know, it's definitely not what he came to D.C. for, but uh, Paul Richardson – has become kind of that guy you can rely on for those eight to ten yard routes, and he'll get some catches. And you know the offense was moving the ball. Defense early was getting pressure with uh, Ionitis and Kerrigan, and of course we had our only points scored of the game, which was a rushing end around touchdown to Stevie Sims, easily the fastest guy on our team right now. Um, yeah. Little did I know, actually I wouldn't say little did I know, but uh, little did everybody else know um, that that would be our only points of the game. I mean, <laughs> I actually thought it was a. A uh, quick screen pass when I originally saw the play, but uh, Stevie Sims took the carry around the outside, broke a yeah. couple tackles, ramped the right sideline, scored. Um, looked like, looked like we we're off to a great start. That was actually the first time that the Patriots had been trailing all season, which is insane. Yeah, I was blown away. But that the head fake that uh, Sims hit. Oh my goodness! The right? Oh my god, man! Dude, that, that was dude, dirty. People were so critical of the roster move when the. We were moving guys like Robert Davis and Cam Sims around. But, I was uh, one of them, I'll admit. I'll oh, yeah, I remember you saying it. And, you know, congratulations to Robert Davis. Just signed with the Philadelphia Eagles, by the way, not too long ago. We're recording this uh, late Tuesday, right after all he the He signed pressers. today. He just signed today. Oh, what's today? Yeah, it was today, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, but, yeah, like you said, the Patriots had everybody out there, man. They had tight ends that I've never even heard of, Izzo and Lacoste. Looks like freaking Aaron Hernandez and Gronk out there. Um, I'll give the defense credit. Uh, they are actually the first team to actually – get to Tom Brady as much as they did since the Atlanta had in the Super Bowl. So that's actually a cool little statistic I found. But um Yeah. Finally it, we got to the quarterback. Good boy. Yeah, finally. After all that talk, after all those hoorah speeches, Jonathan Allen and them kind of showed up. But uh you know, like we were talking about just the ineptitude of Colt McCoy earlier, you know, he he had a horrible game. I mean it was it was expected, man. It was his first game action God knows what a year. And, yeah. you know, because of that he definitely showed his rust. And like I said, going in halftime it was twelve seven, uh it, it definitely was 
I, like I said, man, I, anybody who's been consistently following Redskins games all year didn't expect the Redskins to win this one. I mean, if anything, that 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 first half was misleading as hell. And uh, like I said, the defense kept it competitive. But I mean, at the end of the day, when your offense only scores seven points on the end round on like the third play from scrimmage, you know, the defense can't stay out there the whole game against the best quarterback and the best coach to ever do it. I mean, it's just as simple as that. And we're not going to sit here and just surgically cut down every single play because at the end of the day, they just they're they're a better coach team. They they're they have like like I just said, they have the best quarterback of all time, the best head coach of all time. You know, I, I mean, it's really not much else to say other than that. You know, they were putting guys in just horrible mismatches. I mean, we had John Boston got there chasing James White. I mean, it, it was just, you know, it was Bill Belichick being Bill Belichick, putting people where they need to be, being just an expert chess player, putting everybody exactly where they needed to be to thrive and succeed. And, of course, he pulled his vintage Bill Belichick of just praising our coaching staff all week and making us sound like we had a chance. But, Nobody really thought we did. No, honest with ourselves. This was the best organization in the NFL against the worst currently, uh, the worst organization in the NFL. It's and it showed. Yeah, I mean, if anything, you know, a word you're going to hear a lot in this pod and just throughout the DC media in general is culture. You know, the New England Patriots have a winning culture. The Washington Redskins are the equivalent of a dumpster fire right now. I said two weeks prior, man. I, I honestly think the Dolphins are better than us. We'll find out this Sunday, though. Dude, I, dude, I, we'll talk about the upcoming upcoming game a little bit, but I have no idea what to expect. But something that you said, you know, we've we talked about it a good bit. But like one thing I can, ne- I just can't understand, and I, I never will. Is why is Montez Sweat and Kerrigan going back into coverage? I seen it on Twitter all day yesterday, and I was like, this is something I've been saying. I don't get it. And like you said, Bostic is covering these little guys, and like why the heck is Sweat? trying to go up against Edelman or these slot guys I've never even heard of. And it just showed, like, how much of a difference. Even with guys we've never even heard of, the coaching that they're getting, like I said, the as high of an organization as the Patriots are right now compared to us, like, even with what they have, they always seem to make it work. And they're a winning culture. And I, I just don't see us being like that for a while. Exactly. No matter how many years Bill Belichick's going to be in the NFL – with each, you know, stone that's been turned and everything's been thrown at him, whether it be your Mahomes or your RG3s or no matter what type of quarterbacks he is to play against or whatever kind of – whatever trends are going on in the NFL, your Kaepernick's, he always adapts and he always overcomes and he coaches his guys the best way possible. And, you know, I'll piggyback off your sweat comment. You know, he just – sweat really showed that just he has so much to improve on. He's got so many more pass rushing skills than he needs to just tamper up and, and brush up on because, I mean, those techniques that those New England linemen were using on him, they were just pushing him aside like a little kid, man. I mean, yeah. that defensive line got some pressure and, you know, four sacks, like I said, best that Brady been hit since the Super Bowl. But at the end of the day, I mean, Sweat just showed his inexperience. Some some of his naivety has, you know, it's nothing against Sweat, man. He's an athletic freak, you know, a lot like a clowning. You know, he's he's got the intangibles, he's got the size, he looks the part. But at the end of the day, you know, when you're playing against a team like New England, everyone has their role. You know, I was listening to the Chris Cooley podcast. He was talking about how, you know, Kyle Van Noy was getting frustrated that uh, people were comparing him to Rodney Harrison. Well, mm-hmm. you know. It, he says, well, I'm, you know, you can compare me to him all you want, but I'm not him. I'm Calvin Inouye. But at the end of the day, with the Patriot system, you know, it's everyone has a role. Everyone has a part. And it's like it, it's the main reason that people come in there and thrive no matter who you are. You know, it, it, it's just crazy to me to see that much stability in an organization for so long and just to see how we can only get a half of a good year last year. And, you know, we've got our GM and everybody milking that for all it's worth. And oh, dude, riding, riding that ship as, as hard as you can. Yeah. And, and you know. 
like I said, some players had a good game. Terry had three catches, 51 yards. You know, he's having just a strong rookie campaign. I actually heard a lot of the New England media hyping him up for the game and afterwards. Um, but, you know, and then, you know, you look at the stat chart, which I'm not going to dive too deep into. You know, you got Chris Thompson, got some garbage time yards. You know, um, like you said, man, it's it, there's not much to talk about. 33-7 was the final. They turned it up in the second half. They ended up putting in their backup quarterback. I, I, I think it's James Stidham. I, I honestly couldn't even Jared tell you. Stidham from Auburn. From Auburn, that's right. Yeah. Uh, they, they put him in. They stopped taking this game seriously at the beginning of the fourth quarter. This was just a business trip for New England at the end of the day, folks. You know, everybody knew this would be Jay Gruden's last home game. Um, you know, the, the, the guys on defense were playing hard, but I mean, at the end of the day with Colt McCoy, 10 years in the NFL, nothing to show for it. Injury prone, you know, uh, at, at some point you can vouch for his experience in, in the playbook and, you know, how he's been here for a long time. At the end of the day, he, he just can't translate it onto the field. No, he looked, he looked uncomfortable. Exactly. Oh. He looked extremely uncomfortable. Not only Awkward, that, didn't know what to do, was very indecisive. Just Extremely indecisive. And, and, you know, he didn't know when to get rid of the ball. And, I mean, it just – it was almost funny to me just to think in my head after seeing all the, just the errors he was making that Jay thought that Colt would give them the best chance to win. That just, it, it honestly blows my mind. And, and I'm glad that that was his downfall. And I'm glad that that's, I hate to say that, man, because, you know, like Stephen A says, I, I want people to get their money. But at the end of the day, man, he's been, he's been here for six years, man, below 500, done absolutely nothing with it. Chase all the talent, like Alfred Morris, RG3 out of town, refuses to scheme around people, thinking guys like Matt Jones are going to be the next Marshawn Lynch. I mean, yeah, he's a nice guy, but I, quite frankly, who cares? I, I mean, I, I want what's best for the Washington Redskins, and it was never going to be Jay Gruden. So. No. no, I agree with you. And um, I, it's funny. I saw something on Twitter. It was like Jay Gruden's dream team. It was like Colt McCoy, Byron Marshall. <laughs> yeah, you forgot Samaje. <laughs> Brian Quick, dude. Samaje Gruden, baby. <laughs> I mean, and, and then to hear your head coach go out after he gets bent over and spanked on national television just saying, well, uh, if I take the keys and I show up and they're still working, we'll keep working. Yeah. To hear him say that is just – it. It's almost eerie how comfortable he was with being as mediocre as he was. And then I'm, I'm not even going to entertain the empathy that people are giving Chris Thompson. You know, I would sit there and sit in Jay's lap, too, if his entire game plan was just dump the ball off to me 89 times. <laughs> we're scared to the ball. You were guaranteed to get it on third down every time. Yeah, exactly. I'd miss him, too. I mean, you know, then you had guys like Quinn Dunbar speaking out saying, you know, if you didn't tell me to switch to DB, I don't know where I would be. You know, that's cool and all. You know, I'm glad he helped progress of your guys career and i'm glad you guys are here but at the end of the day yeah. he, he he's a coordinator with a head coach job he's john's fat little brother as we've said and Stephen a called it uh bruce and dan were sitting there like disgruntled parents for a couple hours after the game and then ended up driving away it, <laughs> <laughs> I, that was I, funny yeah i don't know man it was just it it just kind of felt like a like a preseason game almost like they were just trying to get it out of the way so they had a reason to get rid of jay is what yeah. honestly would what it felt like to me no, and, and something that uh, we tweeted from our account, you know, like what I predicted was going to happen with Stolten, with starting Colt, losing, firing Jay. This this game was just like a buffer game, kind of like you don't want to throw a new interim head coach or whoever against the Patriots. Like, wait until Miami. And people have been saying it. That's that's the week that you have the best opportunity to exactly. come. Exactly, you're playing with a new hopefully, head coach. Or, 
Yeah, quarterback. You're playing, yeah, you're playing exactly against who should be the worst team in the NFL. We don't know until Sunday, but um, yeah. they're that, coming off a yeah. bye week where they just got stomped by the Chargers the week before. So, I mean, it was definitely the most ideal situation. You got that brutal first four or five game stretch out the way. So, if you've got a guy coming in off your staff, you know, he can come in, kind of just integrate all of his stuff. It, like you said, it was the best possible time to start. So, uh, they wrapping up this over. game, like I, like you said, we're not going to spend too much time on this game because we have so much to talk about afterwards. It's way more important. But um, like I said, defense gives a kudos. But Josh Norman just played so lazy, missing tackles, letting guys just run by him, just walking around. I'm, I'm to the point now where I'm just like, at least show some effort or something. Because this is a time in the organization where we're going to start looking at the high-paid players that we need to move on from and get younger. Hey and, man, Bruce, Bruce says we're not rebuilding. We got the we got the pieces in place, man. No. Come on. Tr- trust Allen, man. Trust him. No, I don't trust him with him. <laughs> but so, this this is yes, yeah, this, this is where we need to start like taking a look at stuff. Cause you see guys like Monty Nicholson had a good game. Dunbar's been balling out. You know, younger guys have been playing well, but then these high paid players. I mean, Lanny Collins had a good game this game, but like Josh Norman, I'm I'm like way over that fence now. Like I'm I'm looking past Josh Norman. I'm I'm about sick of watching him run, run around, just looking confused, and people just walking by him and his tack, his piss poor tackling is just. Uh, it's it's pathetic, and I mean honestly, I'm not gonna sit here and say anyone had a good game. I think the defense really showed what they should have been doing all year in the first half. And like I said, I'm not gonna sit here and blame the defense or blame, you know, just throw Minuski in the under the bus, even though they played piss poor in the second half. At the end of the day, the offense has to stay on the field, and yeah. Colton Company just couldn't get the ball. AP had like 18 yards. I mean, Wendell Smallwood got a couple garbage time runs at the end. That 27-yard stat's misleading as hell. Chris Thompson got a bunch of garbage time yards. I mean, they, they were doing nothing even remotely, just with nothing with energy on offense to get the ball moving and capitalizing off what the defense did. So that being said, I'm not going to sit here and pin this all on one person. It's it's an operation. And, I mean, at the end of the day, Jay's the head of the operation when it comes to football. And, you know, he's the head coach. So, I mean, he had to, he, he he's the one who had to take the brunt of this. So he comes in the next day, 5 a.m., uh, Dan and Bruce meet him at the door pretty much, let him know what's going on. Said it was a pretty short and sweet conversation. Said that, you know, they didn't think that he was meeting the requirements to be the head coach to watch the Redskins and, you know, just that dismal start. Um, but honestly, man, you know, I, I, I think I can speak for most of the Redskins nation when I say I'm glad he's gone. I mean, like I said, man, six years, below 500, no playoff wins, you know, vouched so hard for Kirk Cousins, drove RG3 out of town. Just his schematics and everything that he stands for just was completely mediocre, and it never, none of, nothing he ever said or his ability, none of it ever came to fruition. And I was, I was tired of playing the waiting game. It was just the way it should have naturally happened. I mean, Jay was next on the picking list. You know, they've had over fifty employees leave since January in the, in, in the Redskins organization. I mean, That's at the crazy. end of the day, man, he was, he was the one. He, he was next on the chopping block. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, I, I figured it was coming, but I was, I'm not gonna lie, like there was. That was the first sense of joy that I've had so far this season. That's sad to say. Like, I wish Gruden the best. You know, I know he has a family and everything. But as a diehard fan, like, seeing that there is at least some kind of change going on. Because, like we said before, we haven't fired a coach midseason, let alone week five, since, like, 2000 with North Turner. Yeah. So, seeing that, like, it is actually happening and it's actually possible – Gave me some kind of hope, but like I said, there's more problems going on with Bruce Allen. Way more problems. This is this is not stem with Jay. This is this is Dan Snyder. This is Bruce Allen. This is this is the entire Red Teams organization, and it, and they need to just go in the lion's den and take out everyone 
from the core and just completely rebuild, but they're not going to do that. I mean, Dan Snyder hasn't talked to the media in years. Bruce is a, Bruce and Doug are his little boys that go up to the podium and take the verbal ass whoopings. And, you know, yeah, this, this isn't a new a game for Dan. Time. Yeah. It, it's been a very long time since Dan's spoke to any one of the media or even shown his face unless he's at FedEx field. I mean, he, he protects himself. He's aware of how mediocre he is. It's, it's money, man. It's all it is to Dan Snyder. He doesn't care about winning. You know, he thinks he can bring in all these old guys and, kind of just capitalize off the nostalgia and he thinks that they'll, you know, drive him and fuel his success for the future and help him find his next guy. But at the end of the day, he has no football IQ. Bruce Allen, you know, had that run in Tampa Bay and uh, Oakland, you know, they won a Super Bowl. Congratulations. Cool. That was 10 years ago. I mean, this is the new NFL, man. This is things aren't what they were. I mean, I just don't know how much longer you can keep riding off the coattails of past glory and start doing things within your organization to just actually give the fans something to cheer about and actually make a Redskins home game feel like a home game again. So, with that being said, Bruce Bruce Allen had his presser at 11 a.m. Yeah, everybody was eagerly awaiting that, you know. Uh, something I'll say is that the D.C. media guys like Khan, J.P., uh, were taking just a pounding on Twitter because uh, the fans honestly thought they were just going to have a cookie-cutter presser with them. And and I just want to say at, bravo to the D.C. media, to oh, J.P., dude, to everybody, man. I mean, they yeah. – they absolutely killed it. I mean, everything they hit Bruce with was exactly what we were thinking. They didn't. They didn't pull any punches. So, I, I may not sound like I'm mad, but I, I can't honestly. I, I don't know how to just example. I, I, it's hard for me to even put into words how much I hate Bruce Allen. Just this the smug look on his face. Just the refusal to take any accountability for anything. So you know he strolls out there and you know, tells him about how, you know, Jay Gruden and, and how they, you know, told him he was he was gone. Talked about how hard it was. Then talked about the coach meeting where they named uh, Bill Callahan the offensive line coach. And just a little background on Bill Gal- Bill Callahan before I go any further. Um, he was the offensive line coach. And um, I want to say, oh, Dallas is where he came for here. Yeah, he was there for a little while. He was fantastic. I mean, they drafted all those guys, like Zach Martin, Travis Frederick. Tyron Smith was already there. He coached them all up, man. He he's been in the NFL for a long time. I want to say he was the Nebraska head coach as well. Yeah, he had, went to the Super Bowl with the Raiders back in 2003 and then yeah, lost when Allen to was John Gruden. Yeah, yeah Allen, Allen was there as well. So they they have experience with each other. I I mean honestly, I think everybody on Twitter because of the Matt Matt Lafleur's, the Sean McVay's, everybody was hoping we were going to get Kevin O'Connell, but um, it didn't turn out that way. They gave the guy with the most seniority, which makes sense. Callahan's a good football mind. I mean, I'm not I'm not mad with it. I mean, no. What are your thoughts on that? You're you I'm, mad with Callahan? No, and, you know, that's something we've talked about. You know, we've always pushed uh, Kevin O'Connell. You and me both have been high on that. But, like, the more I thought about this, I was like, okay, you know, Bill Callahan, like I said, you've had, he has head coaching experience. He's not the long-term head coach, and he knows Absolutely that. Absolutely not, and he knows that. He's been an intern yeah. before. He doesn't want to be the, the head coach, honestly. Yeah, he, I mean. He wants set- to fill in for now until we find that guy. But, like, him being the head coach allows Kevin O'Connell to just take control full control of the offense, do all the play calling, develop Dwayne Haskins, and let Callahan just handle all the head coaching stuff. If you put Kevin O'Connell at the head coach, he can't go 100% with Haskins and calling exactly. plays and stuff. Exactly. So I'm cool with it because he's not – it's not like we hired him as like the head coach of the future. He knows that, and I fully expect that we'll have an outside hire that comes in. And like I said, for the rest of the season, I'm totally fine with it. People are saying, oh, well, Kevin O'Connell can't show, like, his head coaching ability. He's still auditioning as, you know, in his position as offensive coordinator. But still, like, it, it, we can see what he's doing. He doesn't have to be the head coach to, to quote-unquote, audition for the head coach. And I don't think we will go that route at the end of the season unless, you know, we just have some crazy end of the year 
then I could see it. But honestly, like I said, I think we will have an outside hire, and we got a good list of uh, some candidates that we can break down also. Oh, absolutely. We're, and we'll get to that here in a moment. But uh, we, like I said, the D.C. media was hitting very hard and hitting, <laughs> hitting often. John Time uh, accused uh, John, uh, Bruce Allen of uh, hiding from his record, basically saying that he was taking no accountability yeah. for the team's recent downfall. And, uh, you know, then, of course, Bruce, Bruce does what Bruce does best, and that's why Dan sends him and Doug to the podium is he just deflects everything, you know. He sits there and gives it everything you want to so say. Yeah, reading oh. a script, you know. He says that, you know, if you're in that building every day, so, you know, he's hitting us with the, we're not there every day, so we don't understand. He says that you would feel the passion of the players. Well, you know, I don't really see the players being very passionate. And you were talking no. about Norman earlier. It's almost completely non-existent. They stopped playing for Jay a long time. Ago. I don't see any confidence. I don't see any belief. I it just doesn't exist. No. I mean, it, it, if anyone in your life, or anyone listening to this, if you've ever been passionate about anything, I'd like for you to watch any of the Washington Redskins games this year and tell me at, at what point have you seen where the Washington Redskins have looked passionate about any of the games they're playing? Yeah, no. it, it's like they don't, they're about as negative and don't believe just about as much as the fans do, and that's pathetic. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's true. I, if you don't believe, Washington, I believe. So then uh, Kareem Copeland, Kobe, uh, Kareem Copeland uh, piggybacked off that, asked him about Dwayne, and, uh, you know, of course, <laughs> like everyone already knew, um, Bruce Allen said that, you know, the front office and everyone in the building loves Dwayne and they, they see uh, just a bright future for him. And he gave another cookie cutter answer. That, and I'm not going to sit here and read his full statement. It's just honestly not necessary. He's reading a script. He's, he's saying what people want to hear to an extent. And, yeah. you know, he's just he, he's being a smug, the smug guy he's always been. So and, and, and if I had to one of the MVPs of this presser for sure. And then it's a guy that got a lot of scrutiny from uh, just Redskins Twitter. You know, all the fans was was JP Finley, who's you know publicly known. Love the guy, met him, been to a couple of his parties. You know, JP's a great guy, a great journalist, and you know I feel like he's got a high, very high ceiling. But you know, a lot of people are just cutting into him because you know he's he's good friends with Colt McCoy, likes Case, likes Jay, huge Jay guy. You know, he's he's gutted about this Jay Gruden thing and yeah. Gruden loses his job like this. So to see him come out and just smack Bruce Allen with questions after the fans were accusing him of just not ever asking anything with any grit or, you know, asking the hard-hitting stuff. Uh, JP asked him after, you know, his tenure with the Washington Redskins, which has been a pretty lengthy one, you know, he asked him, what amount of accountability do you hold yourself for for the Redskins' downfall? And, you know, all the just the, just the bad events and everything that's been going on with the Redskins ever since. He, he basically asked him, you know, how much of this do you blame yourself for? Long story short, that's basically what he said. Yeah. And, um, you know, of course, Bruce Allen, another cookie-cutter answer. He wants what's best for the Redskins. Um, if, if it were up to me, what's best for the Redskins is for Bruce Allen to get fired, but that's never going to happen, you know. Like I said, if you guys don't know much about Bruce Allen, which we haven't really discussed him a lot on this podcast, uh, there's been a uh, hashtag, fire Bruce Allen hashtag going for ever a long time a very long time so much to the point and a go fund me to buy the team and just clean up house exactly i mean it, it's so we're, not, at, we're at that point right now. it's not a secret everyone can't stand him you know they they just they either they don't think he deserves the airy breeze um <laughs> <laughs> i saw someone i was watching the press conference i literally i saw i'm not gonna lie i was like watching it like secretly at work and i started busting out laughing and there was a comment whoever did this shout out to you <laughs> they said Bruce Allen was talking. He said, "Yo, Bruce Allen, if I ever see you in person, I'm gonna hit you with the suplex." <laughs> <laughs> I about lost it. Dude, I, I mean, this, the, the disdain, said, the disdain said, for this man. I just can't even put into words how much people hate him, and I'm one of them. I can't shut up. 
I can't even say I'm surprised. Sorry, no, that. dude, I was I was dying. I was like, literally, he's like, I'm gonna hit you with a suplex on site when I see you. <laughs> I lost it, dude. That's why we have the best fan base. So if you said that, shout out to you because that was like the holiday. Yeah, man. I I don't want to hear all this crap about how the fans don't care and if you don't like it, leave, dude. No. The Redskins fans are so loyal. We care and, so much. We we just and the national media is starting to recognize this too. We just deserve so much better. Oh, than dude, this. we do. And that that's one thing. Like the one thing that Bruce Allen did say was like the fan base deserves better. And like it's very cookie cutter. But like I think he does believe it. But like the whole thing about saying, "Oh, our culture is so great right now." There oh, wouldn't God, be a hashtag. I am going to get to that. The culture is great. So I'm going to go through the gauntlet of media of media questions. So then Craig Hoffman piggybacks on what JP says and says that uh he he's got statistics. I mean he looks like he's been ready to say this for like oh, dude, he for had a while. A book he said uh dictionary. you've been here for ten years, Bruce, won thirty eight percent of your games. What if you could have done different after finding your second head coach during your tenure? And you know, you can Bruce is just smiling because he doesn't care. I mean no. he knows he's got a job. He's He's Dan. He's Dan Snyder's little yes man. He does everything Dan's supposed to tell him, and he answers all the questions, takes all the blame. So you know he sits there with a smug look on his face, and you know says some little smart little retort that honestly wasn't memorable whatsoever. I mean he he gave nothing of value in return to ninety five percent of these questions, and you know then like I said, all the, the the reporters were doing phenomenal. They were just just picking oh, each great. other so well. Absolutely. It's almost like they met in unison before the presser and were talking about it. I thought it was I just thought it was great. Group chat. Yeah, it's like it's like they had a group chat. Um, I I didn't hear who made this comment, but uh, someone said, "So is Dan Snyder ever going to be available?" I mean, you know, it's been ten yeah, years since we've seen uh, him. He has times where he's available. Yeah, like, so the way he worded it was, "Will Dan Snyder ever be available?" We haven't seen him in ten years, and will he ever be available to talk to us about the franchise that he owns at some point? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, but, oh yeah. my goodness! Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, they were just going for the throat, man. Who was the guy from Fox? I think it was, it was Fitzpatrick. Oh, oh yeah, I got that. I got that too. Oh, that, that was actually what I was going to say next. So um, yeah. No, was, that was my favorite quote of the whole thing. Oh, yeah, it's not even close. Yeah, I was going to say, he's the MVP. Oh, yeah. Patrick, uh, I, I don't remember exactly where he works. I, didn't, I think it's I like Fox, Fox 5 or Fox 35. I don't know. Someone, DC Media for Fox. Yeah, DC Media for Fox. So he said, uh, he said, I, I, this isn't even really a question, to be honest with you, Bruce. It was just more of a statement. He said, or he says, well, I mean, I guess it was a question of source. He basically said, so I wonder, did he say or did he tell Bruce to apologize for everything? That's been going on. He pretty much said apologize. And then he was like, he like kind of piggybacked off of it. He was like, what do you have to say about the Patriots taking over your stadium this Sunday? And Bruce Allen was just like, uh, I mean, you know, you know, yeah, he good, good job his words because, you know, all, the all the other reporters and... were beating around it. And he just, he, he went straight I, to the point. I swear, he was probably like standing up. Like I see like a finger just pointing at Bruce Allen. <laughs> like he was talking stern. He was like, what do you have to say about all these picket <laughs> fans? Like with a with a picket, just pitchfork and a picket sign, draw hat, yeah. <laughs> and then you know, it just it, and like I said earlier about the players quitting. You know, he's like, no one's gonna quit. You know, blah 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 blah. Just all these all these things that we know aren't true. And you know, I mean, okay, here's here's my point. He says no one quit, and you know, JP and a lot of people shot down the reports of people in the building quitting. Well, then why am I hearing like 30 minutes after Jay's release that Jay is at peace with it? I'll tell you why yeah. Jay Gruden stopped caring why Jay Gruden's at peace with it. He was trying to lose his job because he knows no matter what, he gets his $5 million next year. And he doesn't care. He's going to get a coordinator job somewhere. 
I don't know if he does. Oh, come on, man. Yeah, are, you, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What's, what's his resume look like? Didn't uh, Hugh Jackson? I'll keep all the Hugh shitty Jackson players like that a, y'all want to cut. Like, come on, man. Hugh Jackson got a no. coaching job like immediately after getting fired from the Browns. I'm just saying, man. Like Mike McCarthy doesn't have a job. His right last now. name's Gruden. That's all you. That's all he needs. Period. Uh, you don't. You don't think John just over there smiling with his toupee on, just just licking his chops, thinking about Ed and Jada's coach. Look, today. all I know is Nick Saban's offensive analysis, you know, uh, academy is currently closed. I don't want his ass in Tuscaloosa. We usually take <laughs> all the washed up head coaches, but I don't want him to take a single step in out the state. Right and, and obviously, I would say this now because I'm not even going to remotely entertain the thought of this. Stop saying Lincoln Riley to DC people. It's, it's not, not happening. happening. Please, he's stop. not coming. Neil Hurst is better than the Heims, no. the Heisman. I mean, it's it's not. Todd it's, Bowles it's not is happening. like our hopeful. Did you just say he's the Heisman hopeful? No, I said Todd Bowles is like our highest. Oh my goodness! And that guy just. He's a phenomenal Babo's not coordinator. Phenomenal defensive coordinator. But as a head coach, he is no. like a bumbling idiot. I'm no, sorry. I don't want him. We're not getting Dabo. We're not getting Lincoln Riley. We're not Where getting Dabo. <laughs> I saw people say, <laughs> Oh, Dabo. Bruce Allen. <laughs> I saw someone say, Oh, Bruce Allen's private jet. Dude, in our South fans Carolina. are just brain dead. I swear to God. His, no his, his jet's probably in South Carolina because he's getting right away from the cold and the, lo- the winning culture we have and playing <laughs> golf. No, dude, he's not picking up Dabo Sweeney. Dude, it just cracked. He me couldn't up. get Will Muschamp in Columbia right now if he wanted to. Dude, I saw a tweet. It was like maybe McVeigh wants to come back. I was like, oh yeah, he's gonna come from <laughs> NFC, what? NFC, what? NFC champions and Super Bowl back to from, in California to cold ass dead no. Maryland. Okay, <laughs> sure. Maybe if Sean McVeigh like goes into a coma, we drag his ass here. But there's yeah. no way. So, all right, now that we're talking about head coaching, I think this is a good good time to break down the list that I've come across by a couple of media members and then also my own personal one. I don't know if you have, like, some in mind that you want. But um, the the first thing I saw today was Dan Orlovsky. Shout out to Dan. Not a good quarterback, but he's been pretty good on uh, get up on ESPN. Not even a decent one, but, yeah, go ahead. But uh, he said that his – his first reaction was that you've got to believe that Ryan Day from Ohio State, head coach, obviously coach Dwayne Haskin in his one year there, got to believe that his phone's going off. And honestly, he's the only person I've seen say that. I don't know like how much I would really look into that, but I mean, is that something that you would entertain? Yes or no? I mean, I, I'm a, I, I like Ryan Day. I like what he's doing with Justin Fields. I, you know, I, I respect him for taking over the Ohio State program and, you know, making good of it now that Urban Meyer's gone. But I mean, at the end of the day, man, like, I don't see any of these big college coaches coming to Washington, man. It's a, no. it's not an ideal situation. You know, you're hearing all these reports from uh, – what's her face from Get Up? Diane something you know, about how Dwayne is – me or some I, – I didn't know shit. about her until today, so good for her, I guess. Um, never heard of never heard of her until she got butthurt that Jay got fired. And then she yeah, no disrespect. And, I, and I, I'm going to go and throw this out there right now. It's, I, I wouldn't even call it a conspiracy theory. I just – conspiracy theory. I think it's just literally what's happening. <laughs> That has to be just being leaked by Jay. I'm sorry. I mean, he he has to be butthurt about losing his job to an extent, and he has to be leaking some information about Dwayne, whether it be true or false. She was leaking information that, you know, he can't read defenses, he can't run a huddle, he can't do this, he can't do that, you know. He just – all he does is, like, like she said his plays are sack, 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 oh, good pass. Yeah, I think it's completely fraudulent. And and when did you see this, the two preseason games he played or – 
Exactly, man. It just sounds like just this narrative and this agenda against Dwayne that's been there since he's been here. I mean, it's, it blows my mind, man. If, if he was on the Giants, this would be a completely different story. I don't think the media would have this take on any of it at all. But, you know, that w- with the toxic fan base and culture in Washington, it's the same thing with the media, man. They just like to kick us while we're down. I'm used to it. I've been used to it for years. So, but, um, you know, like. So you like Ryan Day? Or? I wouldn't say I'll. I, I like Ryan Day. It's an do I think pick. do I think he's coming to Washington? Are you asking? Because if that's the case, absolutely not. I think mm-hmm. the only and, and I'm hearing a lot about this guy from the Chiefs. You know, I, I didn't get a chance to do much homework on him. His name's Eric um, Bielemy. Bielemy is he their offensive coordinator? You know, I, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Yeah, Eric Eric, Eric Bielemy. He's the offensive coordinator, and I'm gonna shoot that down right away. I, I am too because then if, if, if you think, come if, on now, come on, man. If you think that that guy is responsible for the rise of Patrick Mahomes, and you're just going to sit there and act like Andy Reid's big ass doesn't exist? I mean, come on, man. Everybody knows Andy Reid's the catalyst of that organization. Well, I love Andy Reid. I, I mean, Andy Reid's the reason that that offense is doing what it's doing. You know, it, it's a lot, it reminds me a lot of – if he were to get that – if he were to get the Redskins job, it would remind me a lot of Ryan Flores, the Miami Dolphins. It would remind yeah. me a lot of that. You know, just a, just a coordinator piggybacking off of a great organization. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, you can't – I mean – Mahomes is as good as he looks. Like he's the real deal. So I wouldn't yeah, go he's not all better in than on Jacoby this guy. And and even if he is like that good, you really think he's going to want to come to Washington? No, exactly. he's going to no. wait until an actual head coaching job on a stable organization comes up, and exactly. he'll take his shot. Nick um, Saban is the is just the poster child, the blueprint for not leaving a good thing in college to take a chance in the NFL. Period. Exactly. Yes, yeah, so that's why I don't see these big name college guys. And even if so, like, how do you, it's a completely different game. You're going from recruiting and the college trail to a completely different game. It, in the oh NFL. my goodness, man! And, and you know, people love college football so much. I don't think they love it because it's fundamentally sound and it's great. Just like the technique's great. I I don't think they love it for that reason. I think they love it because it's unpredictable and you don't really see what's coming. Oh yeah, I, it has nothing to do with every every game being great and and a great example of football. I mean, I was I caught a glimpse of the Michigan and um Iowa game, and, and let me tell you something, man, that was a terrible game. I'm it just to watch. I watched the entire thing. It I, was I so bad. I mean, just like you know, you, you got recruiting talent in Michigan like they do, and just you put up ten points against Iowa. I mean, I'm sorry, man. It, it's just it. I don't get the joy out of watching college football that other people do. I guess. I mean, oh, dude, I I love it. I, if I had to pick between watching the NFL or college for the rest of my life, well, yeah, I, of course I, it's more exciting. I mean, you've got the 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 student aspect. You got the just the environment, all the teams, the rankings, the the, the playoff. You know, the rules are different. I mean, I understand why people buy into the hype of college football. But at the end of the day, man, it's not really not even though it's worked more recent memory than it has before, and they're kind of breaking the mold there. It, it's it doesn't translate to success in the NFL, and, and at the end of the day, some of the best college games, you know, it, it they don't, they don't, it just doesn't work like that in the NFL, man. And you yeah. know, I'm not saying that Ryan Day couldn't come to the NFL and make an impact, but at the end of the day, like you said, I think he's going to wait for a much safer job to open up. I mean, it just makes too much sense. And but, I don't, I don't, I think the only reason he would come is just to save Dwayne Haskins' life. He's like, I can't, I can't let this happen. Yeah, but I just don't think he's going to be at a high state for the lead. That just doesn't make sense to me. But, and you, um, you spoke about you, Michigan. I saw a lot of people talking about Harbaugh. I personally hate the guy. I, I oh, my Michigan. goodness. I, was I think you like him. Say, why would, okay, let me ask you a question. And, and, and give me your honest opinion on this. Why don't you like him? I hate his personality. I know he had success somewhat with the 49ers. I think that was a really good team. But I, I me personally, I just can't stand him. I don't know if it's just a Michigan thing or if it's his khakis or how delusional he is. <laughs> But delusional. People, like, 
people are like, well, oh, look how good he was at the 49ers. That was a while back. Look what he does now. Like, he can't win big games. But I'm he not- – oh, my goodness. I, could, I couldn't name you half of Michigan's starting offense. And, I mean, all of their pro players they've had come out in recent memory are defensive players. And, I mean, their defense has been stout since he's been there. Their offense is terrible. Like, I'm a diehard Notre Dame fan. But at the end of the day, I mean – Ian Book is a liability. People talk about Heisman candidate, but, I mean, he's doing nothing. I mean, they're not exciting. I mean, some of the biggest schools have some of the lamest offensive players and prospects, and they're just not fun to watch. I think Michigan's offense is that. But I mean, he's got, never been good like since Georgia, he got Oklahoma, to Michigan. Oklahoma, Alabama, they got all these just dynamic, fast players on offense, and you got all these big schools like Michigan, Notre Dame, who, who have great defenses and have talent, but their talent is just is not on the same tier as, like, your Georgias or your Alabamas. It just, it, there's just a huge divide right there, and I – and I can't sit here and, and, and just dismiss Harbaugh, ta- Harbaugh's talent. He chose to come to Michigan. He chose to come here and try to make things better. And it just didn't work out. Just like Saban didn't work out in Miami, Harbaugh to Michigan just hasn't worked out either. And I don't think that is a, is a knock on Harbaugh, and I don't think he's a bad coach. You know, he's brought a lot of eyes to that school. He, he's recruited a lot of talent. I mean, I just don't think it matches up with just some of the upper echelon teams in their conference. And I don't think that's a knock on Harbaugh. And like you said, that 49ers team was fantastic. I don't disagree with you whatsoever in saying that. You know, but – I mean, I wouldn't say the downfall of that team was his fault because I don't think anybody would think that's a fair take at all. I mean, you had Justin no, Patrick Willis. On. That team completely collapsed from the inside. People retiring. Okay. People just – it was just – the circumstances were crazy. And then for him to stick around Kaepernick and honestly keep them competitive, I mean, they went, they went through some dark days once he left, man. I mean, I think Harbaugh still got what it takes. I think Harbaugh is – the NFL is where he should coach. I mean, it's where he's had the most success. I mean, good for him for going to Michigan trying to make things, make things work out. That's great. But at the end of the day, man, he, he was meant to be in the NFL, and he chose to go to Michigan. He thought he, you know, he'd go to his alma mater and make things work and just be the face of face that runs the place, basically. But at the end of the day, it's just that isn't how it worked out. And you know, I don't think that's a hard, that's not a knock on him. I I, I think yeah. he's a great coach, and I think he'd come to the NFL. And what I was going to ask you was, who would be your dream coaching candidate for the job? And I have to say, he's definitely my number one. I've I loved him in yeah. San Francisco. I loved what he did. I loved his culture. I loved his intensity. I loved just seeing him get riled up on the sidelines. You can tell he's passionate about the game of football. You know, former player, you know, he, he's a player's guy, but he also keeps that same intensity, and he has expectations of you. And him coming back to the NFL has been long overdue. I'm getting tired of seeing him walking around the sidelines of Michigan and waste his time. So that's my pick. If I had to pick who our next head coach is going to be, it's probably not going to be how it works out, but who would your pick be, Josh? I mean, it's hard to say just because, like, realistic-wise, like, like Harbaugh is a great – I'm not real, talking about realism, buddy. I'm, I'm simply straight up asking you, cutthroat, if you got oh. to pick one person, who would it be? Well, give me Nick Saban for obvious reasons. But if I had to look straight at the NFL, I would want Sean McVay back or I would want – um, I mean, Bill Belichick, obviously. But, like, just looking at our team, I'd probably say Sean McVay just because he knows how to run the offense well and he – he knows the organization, so but we messed that up. But I mean, I, I like the hardball pick because I think it could actually happen. Just because he wants to get the hell out of there. Because I don't, I don't blame him, man. Michigan's just a, a garbage. I mean, you know, there's tradition there, but then to me, man, Michigan is not a top five school. I mean, they 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 try to be by by tradition, and I mean, you know, like I said, I think he'd fit great here. I think I think he'd fit the culture, but I mean. Anyone with a brain is, knows that we're not going to get the top pick of anything. So, I mean, out of the guys who we just talked about that are actually in the talks, like uh, Eric Mangini, Mike Tomlin, um, there's one more name I'm forgetting. Eric, Eric uh, we had Todd Bowles, but uh, – Todd Bowles, Steve- out of those guys. So, I mean, I will say that, you know, while it's unlikely, the hardball is realistic. So, you said your dream one would be Belichick or McVay or any of those guys. But out of the, out of the guys that are realistically could come here, you know, I picked – 
I picked Harbaugh. Out of those guys that I just listed, who who would you take? Well, mine's not on the list. So I'm going to shoot down Mike Tomlin real quick. Stephen A said he wants him, but I don't think what everybody realizes is that that's really not going to happen unless he gets fired. And with everything going on there, like we'd have to give up draft picks to get Mike Tomlin. Absolutely, no question. And that's I mean, not going to happen. Mike Tomlin would basically just be moving. I mean, there there isn't a much of a difference between the Redskins and the, and the Steelers organization right now. They, they're both they're rebuilding. completely rebuilding. They're slowly going to a dumpster fire, but I don't think he's going to get fired. I, to me, they have too much going on. You know, quarterbacks are going down. They're dropping like flies. We we might as well send Case Keenum over there, which would be a pretty good idea, but. <laughs> They're not going to fire him. Like He's been there too long. Players love him. He's an intense coach. I personally like Mike Tomlin. I'd love to have him on here. I'd love him to come wise, over here and still his culture. It's not going mean, to happen. No. So, realistic-wise, my guy's not even on the list. And I said it on Twitter. But I would love Mike McCarthy. Great pick. Great pick. Honestly, he's been out of sight, out of mind for me ever since he stepped away from football. And He's you just know, been man, back was, chilling. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's going to his kids' games and stuff. I mean – you know, people ripping him apart. Aaron Rodgers still taking shots at him. Do you see that? Yeah, I mean, I love Rodgers. He's he's my favorite quarterback. But I mean, I, here's my thing. I, at the end of the day, no one knows that offense better than Rodgers. And I think McCarthy was honestly set up to fail when you've got somebody that talented who can just run five wide the whole game and just pick your defense apart. I mean, it, it wasn't that Mike McCarthy's a bad head coach. Just that Aaron Rodgers was just that much better of a quarterback. It's like LeBron's your head coach. For exactly. The, for perfect the NBA. comparison. Aaron Rodgers is your head coach. He's the leader. He's like, don't tell me what play we're going to run because I'm going to run what I want to run. Because Lafleur's Lafleur's let him do that, and, and yeah. that's why that's He's why they're the, the right way. That's why Lafleur's been focusing on the defense and this, their defense. Who I don't even know who's on their freaking team and they're balling. Yeah, but um, to, to, to conclude that head coaching conversation, do I honestly? I, I think we're we're probably going to end up with, if I had to guess, probably Bowles. I mean, I feel like the Bucks season is going to fall flat, even though they started off pretty hot. And I think that uh, I think Arians is going to stay over there, run the ship. But Bowles is going to get the head coach offer, and you know if they've got Gibbs or anybody sitting on those interviews, they are going to eat Todd Bowles up, man. It's it's honestly somebody I thought we were going to get about two seasons ago. I thought he was going to be here, but you know we didn't we didn't pick him up. But uh, if I had to give you a concrete answer as to what my guess would be, it'd probably be Todd Bowles. Yeah, I think he's the the favorite for uh, Dan. And company right now, but like I said, I would love and the most Mike Tomlin, but it's not happening. But I know, like he had some kind of ties to uh, the Redskins. I can't remember what it was, but I remember he played were... here. He played here. He played here. Yeah, so... he was a player, former player. Oh yeah, yeah not against the uh, against the Broncos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was on the Super Bowl team. Yep, sure was. You know, I, yeah. not a lot of people know that either. So I mean. Him to D.C. has been a long time coming, if you ask me. And like you say, he's got all those ties. And I think Dan and them are going to give him a good offer. Unless, and the only other option I can see happening, I don't see Callahan being the head coach next year. I, I think it's either going to be Kevin O'Connell or him. That's really the only realistic viable option, is my opinion. So, Hey, worst case scenario, this morning on Get Up, Rex Ryan said, if no one takes that job, I will take it. Oh, I think no. Jesus. Yeah, I think right, no, 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 no. Please don't say things like that. <laughs> God, he's literally like – You don't like want having... to rob Rex reality TV show on our team? No, I I mean, reality TV show, I mean, was it on the Food Network? I mean, I'm not, <laughs> let's, let's be real with ourselves here, man. Chop, Rex, chop Rex, block is what we call it. <laughs> Rex is a good guy. The players love Rex, but Rex is not. The, the fact that Rex has even been to two AFC title games is just mind-numbing to me. I don't, I, with Mark Sanchez. I just, no, yeah. I think that was basically all just defense, which we do need, like, a good defensive coach, but. 
I, I have faith that Kevin O'Connell will get this offense where it needs to be. I would love to have Kevin and Todd. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not yeah. going to lie to you. Um, people hate that pick, but honestly, like I said, Todd Bowles, he's an ugly pick just because people are like, did he really do anything with the Jets? I mean, but not the Jets really. are a dumpster fire. Look what Adam yeah. is doing right now. I mean, Has anyone like, done anything with the Jets? No. Because, I mean, shout out to Colin Coward. Sam Darnold's garbage. And I mean, I'm just – I'm Dude, I've never after. liked him. I've never liked. I've him. never liked Sam Darnold, and I didn't even turn the like, ball over. A he, lot. In my opinion, he was the Daniel Jones of his draft class. It's just like, who, who's this guy again? I mean, he you know, don't get me wrong. Southbury so USC, you know, thick and trunky like Colin likes him. You know, <laughs> the media was hyping <laughs> him up in the draft process, but I always saw Baker's the it guy in that draft. But you know, I'm, I'm just saying, man. Ever since I've been watching Darnold play, I've just I've seen nothing out of him. I mean, and he's got a cast now, man. That no. defense is stout. You got Le'Veon Bell. Robbie Anderson is an underrated wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, they they've got things to work with. And if Darnold was half as special as Colin acts like he is, I feel like you know they'd have more results. And I don't blame that ship sinking on Todd Bowles whatsoever. I think Todd Bowles is still one of the best defensive minds in football. I mean, he's making Shaquille Barrett look like Von Miller right now, and it's not even a competition. I mean, he's better. He's playing. Dude, they're Von they're right killing now. it over there. Yeah, like, man. I mean it. He's on pace to, like, break the record for sacks right now. Yeah, he's on pace. I mean, like I said, man, Todd Bowles. And you never, you don't know who he is. We've been drafting defensively. It it would make complete sense to bring him over. It just, it makes too much sense to me. We can't afford Tomlin. We're not cute enough. He probably wouldn't even take us out to dinner. I was Um, talking to my buddies this morning on a group chat. They're huge sports guys. And uh, they they said the same thing. Like, why would he want to come here? Why would he want to come here? Like, why would anyone want to come here first off? That's why I, I like Mike McCarthy because it's not like we have to, like, convince him to leave a team right now. He's currently just chilling, waiting for something to happen. Um yeah, exactly. So, so, to me, I like that pick. You like Todd Bowles. I'm on board with that. Um, college, I don't see us getting any college. I don't see any college head coaching getting even, like, Absolutely not. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, we're not drafting Kyler Murray. You know, I, th- that's that was really the big drawing. Cliff Kingsbury can say whatever he wants. That was the big drawing point for him. He also was not doing too hot at his uh, <laughs> at his at his old job. So. He got fired, if y'all forgot. Like, yeah, people hired. are forgetting that. But uh, we don't know how that's going to turn out. It's like an experiment. But literally, speaking they of just doing awful to- enough to lose your job. Uh, let's segue back to this Bruce Allen presser where, uh, I mean, was it the Bruce? Yeah, the Bruce Allen presser um, where he was asked about Trent Williams. And, mm. you know, they're like, you know, you, you start off on five. Trent still hasn't reported, you know, are you in talks with any teams about trading him? And in case anyone's curious or forgotten, Trent Williams holding out, you know, due to discrepancies with the medical staff. And he's posted up with Deshaun Jackson and all these other guys just doing absolutely nothing. But, you know. Saturdays for the boys, I guess. Whatever, whatever he's doing, I don't really know. Don't really care. He's not here. I could care less at this point. Trent Williams out of sight, out of mind for me and Josh. We both stated that before, but uh, they asked him since you know the state of the franchise is pretty much an all-time low, one of the worst starts since two thousand one, if not the worst start since two thousand one. Um, they asked, you know, what's what's going on with Trent Williams' situation? Are you talking about moving him? And uh, for, also, the team was offered a first-round draft pick by New England, turned it down. Offered Clowney for. Uh, for Trent straight up turned it down. We had multiple teams inquire us. He's balling right now too. That hurt. Oh, oh my god, man. We we couldn't afford him though. I mean, and he probably wouldn't have came here anyway. He no. he was refusing to sign the tender if he got traded to Miami. Fun fact. Um, but when asked about that, Bruce Allen looked like the disgruntled uh, ex-husband. He said, "Oh, what?" <laughs> he said, "Oh, uh, we're not uh, having any further discussions on trading Trent Williams. Uh, we we have no plans to trade Trent Williams." And uh, I'm just going to I'm just going to throw this out there. Why? What's he, what's he doing? He's what not, is he doing for us? He's not coming back. He said, "I'm not coming back." 
and I have the slightest little hope when Jay got fired this morning. When yeah, and that's it. And, and if he doesn't come back, if he doesn't come back all this year, get rid of him. I mean, at the end of the day, you want to build a culture. You want to talk about winning culture. You want to talk about this, that, and the other when it comes to people wanting to win football games and wanting to buy in and wanting to everybody to believe in what, what you're doing. Okay, then get rid of the guys that don't believe and have been outspoken enough to say that you're a joke, this organization's a joke, the medical staff's a joke. Get rid of them. What, what, are, what purpose are they serving? I know that Troy Williams has been hands down the best Redskins player that they've drafted in the last 10 years, and I'm not disrespecting that. He, he, and he's probably, if not, the best left tackle in the NFL. But at the end of the day, he doesn't want to be a Washington Redskin, and it is what it is. You can't make him show up. You can't make him want to be here. And if you're in rebuilding mode and you're about to cut a bunch of dead weight in order to free up cap space for this team, why not trade Trent Williams and get something out of him? You know, with a caliber player such as him, you're just going to let him walk? What, what kind of sense does that make? And that's something that JP talked about on their podcast after the game. Like, it seems like they just don't want to, like, accept the loss. They want to. They don't want to look bad. But wouldn't it look good if you said, hey, you know what? We messed up. Things weren't handled right. We're going to trade you because you deserve that. You deserve to go play somewhere where you actually want to play. Exactly. I would be like, kudos. Good job. Y'all finally yeah. a business Yeah, and that, that's decision. the thing about DJ, man. I, I wrote DJ Swearinger's coattails. I loved him. I still miss him sometimes. But, you know, I respected Jay and Manuski and all them for stepping up saying, look, dude, you're not going to say that about us. You're gone. Period. Yeah. There, there's something to respect about that. That's not easy, especially with a player the caliber of DJ. And, you know, I, I imagine it's hard for a player the caliber of Trent Williams, for God's sake. So I understand. But, you know, he, he kept just lingering towards the future, saying that they've got scouts working on, you know, who they're going to draft up next. they got people on the road. they got eyes everywhere. And, you know, they're going to take their time picking their next. I, I just, dude, I, I don't know how they can sit here and – Make me even believe that they're even they even have a plan at this point. I mean, Trent's how, are you, how are you going to replace Trent Williams? You you really can't. All you can do is just move on, and, and just, they just, just take it. to move on. Look, the trade deadline's what I know. It's like the end of October. It's like the 29th or thirtieth, something like that. You have time. Stop like shooting yourself in the foot, saying no, we're not trading him. Nope, we're still holding on. A nope. first round draft pick, Josh. Dude, I was you, just, can you imagine? What we could do with that. that do you know how deep this draft is? And yes. Not only tackles, but wide receivers. Pass and it would, replace, it would replace the second round we traded for Montez. I mean, it just makes too much sense. The guy's already out of sight, out of mind. If you're going to make these slide sure. comments about he's not here, so it really doesn't matter, we're not going to talk about it. Okay, then trade him. I mean, If he's not is, here, man. then make him actually not here. Exactly. I mean, technically he's this, here, I, I, he's just not showing up. Exactly. I know the coaches are tired of talking about it. God knows we're tired of talking about it. We want him going. I want yeah. two first-round draft picks. I want him to get replaced, and, and I want two draft picks they can use to possibly trade up in the top five, which, which they're going to be there probably anyway, but just to trade up in the first round or just to be available in the first round to take guys like Chase Young, Jerry Judy. I, I mean, I can go on and on about all the players that they can Andrew get. Thomas Andrew so Thomas is a great – Andrew Thomas as well. Dude. I mean, you know, that's something else I'm seeing Redskins Twitter talk about a lot a is lot. You know, who, who we could possibly take. Who – if you're on the clock right now, April of next year, who, who are you taking? Me? Absolutely. I'm not. I'm all bias aside. It's roll tide, I know. But Jerry Judy is a once in a lifetime receiver. If you actually, I've, I've watched every single play of his in his career at Alabama. And he is so special. I know we need tackles, we need, but we need an offense. And a weapon like that with Terry McLaurin and Dwayne Haskins. You can't just make that up. Like we you can't. It that makes too so much sense. Bad. Like you're saying, Jerry Judy is like a Julio level once in a generation talent. And honestly, I'd give up both first rounders just to be in at number one overall, just to take him. So I many mean, people it, are it's comparing a no-brainer him to for me. It's a, a no-brainer. Mix up. 
if you put Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley together and another two Alabama guys, people like Mel Kuyper are coming out saying Jerry Judy is the best, purest route runner and has the best hands since He's Julio Jones. He's a freak, Jones. man. This is athleticism. It's just, it's just absurd. And, you know, one of the biggest problems with the Washington Redskins in, in recent years, if not the last 10 years, is that other than RG3, you know, we've never had a top pick like that. You know, like we, we don't. We're always so middle of the pack that we're never able to get these picks that you know we can acquire just elite talent to help us get over the edge. Like Dwayne you know? Haskins, yeah, like Dwayne Haskins, exactly. But I just, you know, you've got to give him weapons, man. You, you got to give him something to work with. You got to have a guy that when teams are scheming against you and getting ready for you during the week, they look at like, oh my goodness, we got to stop Jerry Judy. You know, you got to worry about Darius Guys, Jerry Judy. You know, Jordan Reed's out of the equation, but I'm sure they'll replace him at some point. You know, you got to have somebody that 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 team, you know, like like an Odell, like a Julio Jones, like a DeAndre Hopkins. You got to have somebody that people are scared of, because you know what? You know what people are scared of in the Washington Redskins offense? Nothing. Nothing. They're not scared of your 84 year old running back, your banged up left tackle playing left guard. They're not scared of Jeremy Sprinkle on a cupcake. They're not scared of that dude who came over from Seattle wasn't even better than freaking DJ Moore over there. They're not scared of anybody on offense, which happens to be the highest paid offense in the NFL, might I add. You know, Alex Smith isn't playing anymore, but you got Trent Williams on there too. I mean, it's it's insane to me to think that we invest this much draft capital into defense and all this other stuff, and we just have nothing to show on offense at all. I mean, we I'll draft say like this. we do. We draft like we do. I'll say this. If Jerry Judy is there, you don't pass up on him. I will – break something in my house if we don't suck Jerry Judy. If, if we get a chance and we pass him, I will absolutely lose my mind. I think we will, but because I think Miami is either going to go to a or they'll trade back. Or The most Redskins thing is we'll probably trade back and get some assets. And I'd be okay with that, but if Jerry Judy is there, you got to take him. I hear Chase Young. If you get Chase Young, then you got to get rid of Kerrigan because we're not going to have Kerrigan, Sweat, and Chase Young all on the same team. And I'd be okay with moving on from Kerrigan, but Really, like, tackles, it's a deep draft. Water receivers are deep draft, but there's none like Jerry Judy. No, I mean, um, honestly, you know, you C.D. Lamb is a guy that would be cool with the Redskins taking in later yeah. rounds, maybe the second Henry round. Henry Ruggs, also an Alabama, fastest guy in the draft. Um, uh, Chesney uh, Schwalt out of Colorado, once-in-a-lifetime wide receiver there also. Obviously, he's not a Jerry Judy, but there's just – there's wide receivers everywhere. There's tackles are deep. But if Jerry's there, you take him. But if he's not, then you start looking at immediate needs like Andrew Thomas at offensive tackle. Um, I mean, there's all just pick a tackle from Iowa or Wisconsin or somewhere out of the Big Ten and he'll be good. But first, if there's a superstar up front, take him. If not, then start building around it. But I don't. I, I agree with you. I don't see why we hold on to Trent. And honestly, like I heard John Con, like everyone's talking about it. You got to really evaluate this team. And, you know, to conclude the Bruce Allen presser, you know, they, they asked him more about the culture. And, you know, and JP was like, how is that going to translate to winning football games? And Bruce, you know, being the bumbling idiot he was, you know, I guess he forgot a line in the script that Dan gave him. But uh, he started stumbling over his words and just kind of said that, you know, last year this time, you know, Alex Smith is on the team and we're six and three and we're first place in the NFC East. And, you know, he's referencing that like they won a Super Bowl. I, yeah. I, I, I don't quite understand. Don't get me wrong. It was a great time to be a Redskins fan. Probably the best I've felt since 2012. I was at the Texans game when Alex Smith died on the cross for our sins. But, <laughs> you know, all, all I'm going to say right, is, is that <clears throat> that's not <clears> – <throat> excuse me. That is not a reference point for success. You yeah. had a good start. Cool. What I are mean, you doing this year with this exactly. team? This is a completely different team. But his exiting statement is, is that they have the pieces in place already for a winning team. Super, is that why you fired your head you. coach? Is yeah. that why you fired your head coach? 
Gotcha. Anyway, enough about that moron, which, you know, he gets enough scrutiny as it is. I could sit here and talk to him blue in the face and it wouldn't do it justice. So they concluded that presser by saying that uh, Bill Callahan had a presser at uh, 3 p.m. So you and I were talking and we kind of waited this one out. And uh, what, what are your thoughts on Bill Callahan just as an interim head coach? Like I said, I, I think, you know, he, he knows his role right now. He knows he's not the long-term head coach. I, he doesn't want to be. Yeah, and I, I remember you saying that earlier and, you know, uh, something I wanted to just ask you, because I was reading those comments, too. You referenced the one about Bruce getting suplexed. But a lot of people said he sounded just like Jay. And, you know, he's been on the staff with Jay for a long time. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that it's going to be more of the same thing? Or do you feel like he's going to bring something to kind of spice things up? He did mention that he has a very, like, philosophical difference with, with Jay on, like, running the ball. And he thinks that, you know, yeah. that they should have relied a lot more on running the ball when you've got a future Hall of Famer like Adrian Peterson. Guys like Chris Thompson, Wendell Smallwood, you got a good running back room. So, you know, he said that would change. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, the one thing that stuck out to me is he said, you know, players are going to get new schedules. Practice is going to be different. He, he, I don't think it's going to be the same with Jay. I think if you're telling him that already, then you're just – you're already thinking negative because it's what you're used to. And I get it. But, like I said, he's not the long-term head coach. But you got to give the guy some slack. Show us what he can do. Show us that there's some kind of hope in this team. But yeah. – when he said, you know, like I said, practice is going to be different. Players get new schedules. There's going to be a little bit of a change here. I wasn't. I didn't want him to come out and be like, everything sucks. I'm completely changing everything. This is my team now. That's not. Because it doesn't I work think. like that. He knows that. No, he knows. Like, look, this is what we got. This is what we're working with. And like he did say, I want to run the ball better. Obviously, and he was. He's. He's he knows how to run the ball, and people say, "Why didn't he do it right now?" I think it's Jay Gruden's scheme. Like he said, building players like this Simon was Jay Gruden's football team. Byron guys. Marshall, Kevin, good lord! Just because Kevin O'Connell was an offensive coordinator does not mean that it's Kevin O'Connell's offense. Just because Bill no. Callahan was the offensive line coach doesn't mean that it's his offense. You know, Jay was calling Jay still the called the plays. He still exactly. called the plays. People don't realize that, and it's kind of it just shows me your football IQ is in the negatives. But I mean, you no. know, when it came to more of the schematics, you know. I mean, you know, he they were at, of course they asked him about Dwayne. That was really the itching question going in. Was, oh, they asked him like five straight questions. Five straight like times if Haskins was going to be the starter. He, long story short, he said no. He said that and, – and this is something that I, I put in my notes because I thought this was very, very interesting. What was something that we were hearing from Jay Gruden in the media that, you know, people were getting frustrated because there were reports that, that uh, Dwayne Haskins was being sabotaged. Okay, you know, they shot those down. Jay, uh, Dwayne gets ready every week, Jay says. You know, everybody's like, oh – you know, I mean, you know, all the guys that Redskins talk saying the same thing. You know, he's not he's not sabotaging Dwayne. Dwayne's getting reps, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Well, then why did Bill Callahan talk as if Dwayne had absolutely no game plan whatsoever in any of the games they played? He yeah. said, he said we have to develop some packages for him. And once we feel like we're at a point where we're comfortable with that, you know, we'll, we'll be ready to go. What are you guys doing every week? You got a quarterback who's got a bad foot. You got Colt McCoy who's practically resurrected. I mean, what, what, was, your, what was your plan there? I mean, if Case goes down and Dwayne has a stand game, what was your plan? I mean, I'm yeah. sorry. That just completely validates all the reports I was hearing. Because at the end of the day, you have nothing for the kid. You have no plans for the kid. You have no blueprint blueprint for the kid. And because of that, he was put in a spot to fail. He was not put in a spot to succeed. I mean, that's just the bottom line. Yeah. And I, I, was, I, was, I had to think about that. I had to stop myself when he came out and said, Haskins is not being considered a starter for the Dolphins. So to me, that means he's going to be inactive unless Colts hurt or just can't play for whatever reason or Case is hurt. Then Dwayne will just be the backup. But I had to think about that too. Like he's been set up to fail and he was asked a couple times, like, 
what exactly is missing from Haskins that you need to see that will have him ready to start? And he kind of which was a phenomenal question, and, and yeah. I've been wanting to ask him that myself for just weeks. Yeah, I mean, there. I mean, and he didn't really answer it head on. He was like, "Well, you know, there's things we got to do. We got to work with him, and you know, Kevin O'Connell working yeah. with the offense and stuff. It's the same cookie cutter stuff, but it like you have to think about like what's happened with Gruden." Yeah, going into this. he did not find out that he was the interim head coach until 7 p.m. last night, guys. He's reeling a little bit. I mean, he's yeah. got good poise. He's an NFL veteran. He's been here before. He's been an intern before. But, I mean, you know, he's, he doesn't know much himself. I mean, it's no. a disaster, guys. I think people are really underselling. We're just about as bad as the Browns were a couple of years ago, man. He's I mean, not the difference. savior about to come in and win. He knows what his role is. He knows he has experience. He's here to just take over the head coaching duties. And get us to the end of the season, and like Kevin O'Connell run this offense. Show what Thank he can goodness. do. Thank goodness that is like the only. I cannot wait to see how that, go, that looks moving forward. And you know he he did come out and say that he thinks Dwayne is going to start at some point. He just doesn't know really when. Yeah, yeah, no, he, he was very vocal about that. He said Dwayne will absolutely play. He said when I don't know, and I think that's just you know I, it's not that he's not ready. It's that. They're still getting him used to the offense and stuff. And like you said, he it's was West set up Coast, to fail. guys. It's he was West set Coast. up to Ramos fail. listening. I mean, West Coast offense is not easy to run. You got guys that have been in NFL for 10-plus years and still can't run it well. Yeah. But to me, I, I would love to see him play against the Dolphins because it's the freaking Dolphins. But, you know, to me, I think Callahan just wants to go out, you know, come up with a game plan. He said he's going to either look at McCoy or Case and go that I mean, route. It's, it, to me, it's not as much as he's an interim as much as he's just a morale boost for the rest of the year. Because these guys, it's going to be tough for them to play. Pretty I mean, much. He's just, he's just keeping, like, the like, – yeah, like you said, like, he's just convincing the players that they still should play here, honestly. Yeah, exactly. And it's nothing more than that. I mean, this is a placeholder. Uh, you know, we, we, we pretty much brushed up on everything when it comes to the coaching situation and, and everything moving forward. But – uh. Let's kind of look forward here to this Sunday a little bit. You yeah. be safe. So we got the winless Washington Redskins taking on the winless Miami Dolphins, which is being deemed as the tank bowl. The tank bowl. The fish tank bowl. <laughs> the tank for two bowl. The tank for two bowl. I like that. And, and let me tell you something else. Just, just, just one last little note to add on to, to the Wayne Haskins conversation. Why on earth would we draft Tua? I, I love Tua. I, I was I was all in on getting him last offseason. I thought that's where we were going. I did not think Haskins was going to fall. I don't think anybody thought Haskins was going to fall. That's why when Daniel Jones got drafted, it was such a huge shock. But, I mean, you were giving Dwayne negative four chances to even yeah. try to become the franchise quarterback. I mean, he wants to be here. He's a Maryland kid. The front office loves him. They're not even remotely entertaining the thought of drafting another quarterback. Sorry, guys. Nobody mm-hmm. coming in is going to make them do that. It's well, a shame that people are even saying that. Well, you know, do you think we should trade Dwayne for a first-round pick oh and draft that is just another ignorance quarterback? Ignorance at its finest. And what does that do? Like, it I understand Tua's smart. Like, his, his quarterback IQ is high. Oh, well, let it's me, let me just go ahead and give you the like, reference point. You know what the reference point is? Oh, well, Arizona did it to Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen's garbage. I'm sorry. He's been an entitled little prick ever since he came from UCLA. You know, who drafted 10 mistakes before me, blah, 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 blah. The dude was breaking records for pick sixes by a rookie. He was stinking it up. And he does not fit Cliff Kingsbury's just mantra of offense whatsoever. I mean, just Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury were matched made in heaven. And we're not going to have those sexy coaching options coming to us. I think a guy like Todd Bowles would love to have Dwayne Haskins. I think all the head coaching candidates that we're being considered for – whether they be true or not, I think all of them would love to come in and try to coach up Dwayne Haskins, unlike our coaching staff. It's probably the highlight of getting this job is you have a player like that. Exactly. You've got a guy who almost won the highs with 50 touchdowns, Ohio State alumni. I mean, 
you know, like, you know, him and Brady had that cool little exchange after the game where Brady said, you know, you beat the crowd out of Michigan every time you played us, man. You know, yeah, Dwayne has a well, – if, if I'm going to agree with anything that freaking Bruce Allen's ignorant ass said, it's that Bruce – I mean, that Dwayne has a bright future. I mean, just watching him play a little bit, you can see he has the tools, man. And we're going to sit here and say it every pod probably, but, I mean, he should be the starter. Everybody knows he should be the starter. But at Ooh. the end of the day, man, you know, Callahan and the coach staff just don't agree with that. And it hey, is what it is. Hey, good news. Uh, Benjamin Watson, tight end from the Patriots, got released. Let's go. Oh, man, really? Did yeah. He yesterday? No, he didn't. It was, uh, it was no. that uh, other guy. That's Whatever. It. Yeah, That's but no, dude. Hey, we need wait, we got two concussed tight ends. I would love Ben Watson. Just a little nugget to keep an eye on out there throughout the week. Oh man, that's that's actually really good news. I hope we I hope we pick him up. I mean, honestly, he, he he's he's very politically involved. He's gotten in trouble actually a couple times on TV for speaking his mind about things. I'm sure he loved DC. So hope we <laughs> give that a shot. That's a good little caveat right there. I like that. But so, uh, leads into Miami. Like I said, the Tank Bowl, and like I said, Josh Rosen has not been impressive. He's got he's 43 for 84, so like right above 50. percent and credit, his wide receivers do drop, like, a lot of passes, but still 480 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Abysmal. I mean, yeah. they're they're pretty much – I didn't think I'd ever say this at, after week one, but they're in the same boat we are, and that's – Dude, they're bad. It's pitiful. And, you know, honestly, this could be the battle for the first overall pick. Dude, we're doubling points per game. They have six and a half. We have 14.6. We're over double. That's crazy. That's insane, man. Points allowed per game, 41. This game, I'm, I'm going to be off for this one, and I'm looking forward to watching it. Dude, I'm hyped. It's going to be a beautiful disaster. It's going to be fun to talk about. Me and we'll Josh, have a, we'll me have and a Josh are both pretty excited to watch, not going to lie. I'm hyped because we'll actually be able to talk about victory and what we did good. Oh, don't say um, that. Unless, speaking, of, speaking of victories and speaking of calling the shots for Sunday, Josh, what's your prediction for Sunday against the Miami Dolphins? Honestly... Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna be very, uh, very high on this game. I think it's gonna be like a let's see, they're averaging forty points a game. I'm gonna say undershoot it. I'm gonna go thirty two to thirty two to shoot. I don't know. Uh, seventeen, thirty two, seventeen. In in favor of who? Redskins, of course. Thirty two, seventeen. Your prediction? Yeah. All right. Or 31, 31, uh, 31, 17. You heard it here first, folks. 24-12 Dolphins. 24-12. Hoppy, Hoppy goes four for four. <laughs> <laughs> My prediction last for the Pats game was not far off. It was not far off. I can't remember what mine was. We were both pretty close. I think I said like 13 for us. but Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I think we're such a dumpster fire right now. And, and, and you know, we, we just lost our head coach. I think the Dolphins are just going to be a more prepared team than us, and I think that's right. pathetic. But I don't want to say that. But all I'm saying, you're is sitting here chasing the hell out of us by saying, "Oh, it's, we're going to come in and dominate." Terry McLaurin three touchdowns. We got him, brother. Two hundred yards. Bill Callahan's going to be smoking a doobie in the locker room like the old <laughs> days, or he'll be announcing that he's been relieved of his duties. <laughs> like of his duties. Kevin McConnell's the uh, new interim head coach. After losing to if, there's a, if there's a trademark loss to this season, and if there is a real way for us to know how low we are, because we're already, in case you guys haven't noticed, you know, we've already got fans wearing bags at home games, which is Dude, not at least, good. At least we're not playing at home. It, it's at Miami, and we have a ton of It doesn't matter. We never have home games. That's and, what I'm and, saying. And, I'd rather play and you know what? Play better Alan can kiss the back of my ass. For, oh, my God. Did you, did you hear what he said about uh, 
who was it? Um, oh, what do you say? Oh, about uh, the the accountability comment someone made to him about uh, the fans and you know how selling tickets turnout. and stuff. He said, "Oh yeah, well they're probably selling their tickets or Second secondary to the mar- secondary fans. markets to because fans we know we're gonna people. lose." Yeah, exactly. I'm I don't want to go to that game. My girlfriend, God lover, my girlfriend, God lover, is a diehard Pats fan, and so is her family. She's like, hey, we should go to that game. I was like, hell no. Why would I want to go to that? I wouldn't go if you gave me tickets. I'm sorry. I, I don't feel games. Trash. And I'll be, they'll be lucky if I spend money this year. But if there's one that I would not go to, it would be that absolute no. mutilation that happened on Sunday. And I'm if there's I one I do go to, it, it would be the Miami game just because there's some hope. Um, I'd go to the Vikings game just to see us hopefully tear up Kirk Cousins. But I have zero confidence in that after how they played. Yeah, on yeah. But in case you guys wanted, we're do- I'm putting in zero effort from this point on about uh, on my little NFC East tracker. Y'all want statistics oh, on dude. that? You might as well Google it because we have no shot of winning the playoffs. And honestly, the standings in the NFC East. Oh, and two in the NFC East that might get you last place. Yeah, uh, yeah, might maybe maybe own four and five get you last place too. What do you say? Unless the Giants like try to tank, then we have a something to watch out for. Hey, you gotta watch that. They got the wizard Daniel Jones, man. What were they called? <laughs> Danny Dimes? God, makes me oh, God. Danny Dimes. Danny uh, Dimes. <laughs> as far as the Bergie Breakdown podcast is concerned, uh, we got some big things coming up, folks. Just to let you guys know. Yep. We're trying hard to you know make this the best thing possible, and I feel really good about it. We've had a good time doing this, and we've been putting in a lot of good work. And uh, like Parker said, we got some good things coming up. We're going to keep you all in the loop. Got some guests coming on, potentially some big names coming up. Um, but as it gets closer, we'll let y'all know. Dude, I'm so excited. There's Same, there's dude. people I honestly never thought we'd talk to that that want to be on the podcast. We've got fans reaching out to that want to be on the pod, and we appreciate that. We're just trying to get everything in line at first and just work on things. But, you know, we'll keep you guys stay, – stay tuned and – Follow the page, Berg underscore Breakdown, on uh, Instagram, which I finally got up and running, Twitter. Uh, shout out to my boy, Adrian Chambers. Um, made a phenomenal Dude. piece for uh, our uh, page, for our header of me and Josh for the Berg Breakdown header. Love uh, it. I absolutely loved it. You know, he's been working on it for a long time. He hit me up and showed it to me, and I was just blown away. He does, he does such a good job. He's actually done pieces for other people, and um, I, I just want to give him a quick shout out. I put his name on our uh, – Instagram, Facebook, all that other stuff. So you guys could give him a follow. He's he's really talented, and you know, he maybe he'll do something for you. I don't know. That's really up to his discretion. But thanks again for your work, Adrian. We really appreciate it. And I just want to give a shout out to the hog uh, farmers. Something that's near and dear to my heart. I lost my brother to cancer uh, when I was little, so I saw them doing work. You know, using their platform to reach out to fans, and I saw that they were at a hospital visiting a kid named Cody who had cancer and. Just stuff like that. Like, honestly, if I could ever get this podcast to allow us to do something like that, like, that, to me, is winning. So, yeah, man. for them to do stuff like that, I mean, they're always in the community. And regardless of how bad our season is, this is the best fan base that I can I can think of. As loyal as we are, like, this is a this is a damn good fan base. And we deserve good content, yeah, good product on the field. So We know it's been a dismal start to the season, and I don't think we can stress that enough. But... We appreciate everybody that's been reaching out to us. We've been getting some steam on social media. You know, we've had people retweeting us, messaging us, talking to us, wanting to be on the pod. And we just from the bottom of our hearts, like he said, you know, one day hopefully we get to the point where we can do things like that. But for right now, 
you know, we're going to support you guys. If you guys support us, you know, just take the ride with us. You know, I've been listening and reaching out to a lot of other uh, Redskins pods, like 50 Gut Blog. Those guys are hilarious. Go check them out. They did the uh, one thing was the bum list. They were just ripping the team apart last week. I was. (laughs) That's a long list. If if you haven't checked out, Josh, you got to check it out. Uh, Shout out to guys like Redskins Rundown. I've been listening to some Kevin Sheenan. You know, I've definitely been doing my due diligence. You know, you if you guys haven't checked out any of those podcasts, definitely give them a look. But like like Josh said, man, we're here for you guys. You know, we're doing this for you guys. We're doing this for the fans because you know we got to stick together, man. This is gonna be a tough year. We're we're looking towards brighter days for not only the Burgundy Breakdown podcast, but just Redskins fans in general. So, yep, no, definitely. If something crazy happens later on in the week, I don't think it will. I think we got all the craziness out of the way. Uh, we'll definitely hit y'all up, but looking forward to Miami. We'll hit y'all up with the podcast right after that. So I appreciate y'all support, and we will see y'all next week. This has been The Breakdown. HGTR. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.